Helvetia Rocked is a Swiss national association raising awareness about gender inequality in the music industry while supporting, promoting and connecting professional female, inter, non-binary and trans artists. Through its grassroots projects such as producing, DJing, band workshops and songwriting camps, it offers platforms for young people of all levels to discover music and be part of an empowering community. Find out more on our website, helvetziarocked.ch. Sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. Musicians in Conversation is sponsored by Suiza, the cooperative society of music authors and publishers in Switzerland. Suiza is celebrating its 100-year anniversary in 2023. Hi everyone, my name is Natalia and I'm a presenter, content creator and DJ. In this episode, I talk with Aline Bianchi, who is the founder and product manager of Norma Music. We talk about royalties, copyright, licensing and synchronisation and Aline also gives advice to artists planning a release. We talk about setting up her company Norma Music and discuss ideas to solve some of the unique challenges of working in the Swiss music industry. Aline answers an audience question and don't forget if you have a question, simply send a direct message to Helvetia Rocked on Instagram. In the meantime, here's my conversation with Aline. Hi, this is Aline Bianchi and you're listening to Helvetia Rocked, Musicians in Conversation, Backstage. Backstage. Hi, Aline. Thank you so much for joining me on Helvetia Rock Musicians in Conversation. Hi, Nad. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. That's my absolute pleasure. Um, I'm going to start the interview with the question that I ask everybody, and that is, how did you get started on your musical journey? Oh, I've always been very passionate about music, but I am not a musician myself. After graduating university, I decided to change completely my career and try to enter in the music business. And uh, I basically moved to London and that's where I started my uh, journey in the music industry. And I've been doing it now since about six, seven years. Wonderful. I mean, immediately I am interested in your experiences in London. What was that like moving there? First of all, where are you from? Oh, I am from Ticino, a very small valley in North Ticino. And I did study in Lausanne, but uh, I wanted to move abroad. I wanted to go in a um, dynamic capital of music and London was an obvious choice for me. Mm-hmm. So how did you find it? Was it like a bit of a culture shock? Because London can be quite intense. To be honest, no. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in a past life I was living in a hectic city, but I just feel felt very comfortable. I settled in quite easily and, you know, I just loved that there were so many people from different backgrounds, different, inter- different nationalities and just the music scene there. It's so amazing and yeah. so varied. And yeah, I mean, I, I, there was no time, no space to feel scared or uncomfortable you just jump right in (laughs) yes absolutely the way that you got to london you were just sending out like 
application forms like sort of cold contact yes people. yes exactly so after uni um i gave myself like a deadline uh what i said that if within six months i don't find a music job i'll go back to do what i did before um so yeah i sent a lot of applications and uh, luckily a company got back to me i actually sent a spontaneous application there there was not really a job ad and that company, if I can say, was um, PS, which is um, a distributor and artist services company with HQ in London, but it's present a bit internationally. Mm. And they needed somebody to help in the royalties department, which is basically the department that takes care of all the royalty statements for artists. So basically, yeah, all the sales that artists make physically or online. And yeah, it was bit of an admin and repetitive job but it got me into the music industry it was kind of my step into the industry which is the most important part absolutely and I just want to kind of like get into that part of things because just to maybe inspire people who are listening that that is a way forward like to maybe not be afraid to just reach out to companies or organizations I mean what was the kind of nitty-gritty of it did you what sort of research went into what you did before sending these emails initially it was mainly looking for labels that I related to in terms of roster and uh, I, I, I knew I wanted to stay a bit of in the indie side I didn't really apply to major labels mm. <laughs> and there for example I think it was a mix of just being at the right place at the right time and I did I did I didn't know anything about royalties like zero and um, I basically prepared myself for the interview by doing some research about the UK collecting societies how they work what are the basic rules of copyright and I think at the interview I remember mm, my manager back then was just very impressed about how I knew about those things where nobody really gets interested about those aspects in the music industry because they think either it's boring or it's too complicated. So I guess if you do your research and you show that you really care and you're committed and you, you know, you show you're ready to learn, even if you come from a completely different background, because I studied hotel management, so completely different. you can do it at the end of the day companies especially in the music industries are looking for people who are forward-thinking are creative are positive and yeah that's what matters I guess that's a great piece of advice for people I love that I love that because sometimes you think oh it's too late or maybe I can't do it no now, no don't do that yes. <laughs> it's, it's good to keep pushing and learn new things and get out of your comfort zone if you can So I want to go into the copyright side of things. I think you're quite a unique person that we can talk with on this uh, podcast because, like you said, it's not like the sexy part of music. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) First of all, what is royalties? Let's just break it right down for people. Like, What is royalties? What is uh, copyright? Are they the same thing? Like, can, Can you give us definitions, first of all? Okay, I'm not an expert in in legal definitions, but basically um, copyright is just the way you can protect your music. It's it's a legal stamp in a way. Mm. Royalties, um, basically music is a piece of work and you can exploit the rights to that work to generate revenue in different forms. 
through licensing, sales, and so forth. So there's different types of royalties depending on what type of right you have on the piece mm -hmm. of music. And the most known ones is there the, um, the copyright on the um, production, so the composition of the song. And wow. then the other part is on the actual recordings on the master. And those are the biggest uh, type of um, copyright that are exploited when okay. using musical works. Mm -hmm. Are people still like back in my day, like we used to record a song and then post it to ourselves. <laughs> and that was the, <laughs> like you do a recorded delivery. So you've got a song, you, you burn it onto a CD and then you set, go to the post office, get it stamped, recorded delivery. You send it back to your own home address, but then you never open the envelope. And that was supposed to be, you can go to a court of law and say, this is my song, I wrote it. <laughs> I actually didn't know people did that. <laughs> it's the first time I hear it. <laughs> oh my God, girlfriend, this is what we used to do back in the day. But um, no, I, I don't yeah, know, like um, I've done it. I swear to God, I've got an, an unopened envelope with a CD of my music. But <laughs> and, and that was to say like, this is a copywritten, and, and yeah. I don't know where I heard it from. Somebody told me to do that. I don't know if that was an old wives' tale, if that's really true of a way <laughs> of copywriting your music. But for, for people now, nowadays, making music, what is the way to copyright it? Matt, from one side, it's always good to have some sort of written agreement, especially with people maybe you're working with um, mm -hmm. who's making the music with you so that in case the music gets at some point used and sold, you know who's getting which piece of the pie. And then obviously um, um, registering it with collecting society in your country. So for example, in Switzerland, we have um, Swiss Sign, Swiss Perform. Those are also help because they ask who is the copyright owners, who has shares to, um, or who is entitled to shares of the master right or of the um, composition. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think that is the first thing that I suggest doing. Then by law, um, in the moment you you write, you finish writing something, you compose something, by law, it is already copyrighted. Music gets copyrighted um, as soon as it gets recorded. Cool. So that's like when you've recorded it, like on your... Um on your digital even on your, yeah so. even in your phone if you're like i mean that there is a physical proof that you're 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 performing that song yes there might be other uh, steps to be doing on a legal from a legal point of view that i'm not aware of um but so far this is what I've been dealing with uh, in my job so far. Mm. That's, very, that's very interesting. So uh, in terms of like, when you said a piece of the pie, I'm definitely thinking a circular thing and I'm thinking percentages. So we yeah. are saying like, say I am the person maybe who originated the song in terms of like, I've come up with a riff and, a, and some lyrics. So maybe I own 50% of it and then distribute the exactly. rest throughout the band. Exactly. Maybe, or, yeah. Yes, because very often the person who writes the lyrics is not the same who writes the, the actual composition. Right. And so it's good to get this regulated, written down and agreed with before 
a campaign starts, for example, because then it might get complicated down the line. Mm -hmm. If you, we never know, what if that song gets a sync deal and then you're still there? Maybe the sync deal gets put on hold because you haven't agreed before about who gets what, wow. and you could lose the opportunity, for example. Oh my God. Wow, that is <laughs> very interesting. And let's get into it. So what is a sync deal? What is that? Oh, synchronization basically is if your song gets uh, featured in an ad or in a movie. Um, so basically you're, you're licensing that song for a visual um, purpose. Licensing a song for a visual purpose. What does that process look like for an independent artist? Is it that they've written a song, are they putting it on uh, SoundCloud? Is someone finding them or are they proactively searching for syncing opportunities? Um, I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> what is the best way to do it? But there are those people called music supervisors that might work at um, agencies or um, um, film companies that are constantly scouting for music to feature in movies or are scouting for songwriters to compose original compositions. So honestly, I think it's a mix of everything. Uh, you might be discovered at a concert and you're just lucky that there is a person there that kind of heard about you and then gets convinced by um, listening to your songs live. It depends, but obviously if you have a team around you as an independent artist that can create these connections, contact music supervisors. Um, that really helps, obviously, because it is a bit of the ultimate goal in a way that we know that sync, at least from my experience, are, are the way, one of the ways to generate most money for, for musicians. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm hearing. That's where the money's at right now. Yes. Isn't yeah, it? also, I forgot to mention also for video games. So you can sync music for video games, which is... A big thing as well. Wow. Do you think artists or, or, or bands or, or musicians should try and make music for, like with the intention that this is something that will be synced? Is that is it worth doing um, that as a way of having yeah, a Yeah, I mean, of course, I mean, if it doesn't compromise with your creative vision. Obviously, if you're a pop artist that creates very relatable songs, very poppy, that are that express certain feelings and have certain lyrics that maybe are trendy at the moment, those are maybe easier to sync. Um, so, but if your style of music, it's very unique and diverse and doesn't fit really into very common genres, it might be a bit harder mm. <laughs> to get those things, mm. but that doesn't mean you have to completely change um, your style for that, obviously, yeah. Some artists maybe have more advantage than others, of course. Yeah, yeah. Going back to like royalties and things, I'm just, I'm using your brain. I'm using your brain while I've got yeah. you here. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since I worked in royalty, so I try to remember most of it. I Sorry see what you very can precise. remember. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it, we don't get a lot of times to talk to somebody with, with a bit of a background like yours. And we are going to get onto what you're working on now. But I just want to pick your brain. What should artists know about royalties, about music royalties? If you were just going to give someone a quick kind of overview, what should they be keeping in mind? I know it is a bit hard maybe to envision this, but because artists are very attached to the music. Uh, but you have to try and see music also from a 
business point of view. Mm. It is a piece of work that you, in order to make money from it at the end of the day, you need to exploit that piece of work. So you need to um, license it, you need to sell it, you need to try and make it work and make generate money for you so that you can keep making music. So I guess getting a basic understanding of royalties and of the financial, economical ecosystem of music actually works, I think it will make you feel more confident in your musical journey, music career, and will also show to potential business opportunities you might have in the future that you know your things and that you're prepared and that you're not, um, you also are going to probably avoid getting tricked maybe, or, you know, you never know what who's out there. So my advice is learn your royalties basics. Always think about getting your basic agreements down with whoever you're collaborating and yeah and try to look a bit of the on the at the business side of music too you need to diversify the way you're selling or distributing your music as i said it's not just about putting it on streaming services but you need to um make sure you create a good live show that you so you can get you know you can get gigs you can get invited to festivals so you can generate money from live as well mm. then of course try to create a good brand out of yourself so that on your socials and on your any other online channels you might want to build fans can understand who you are and can relate to you and become interested in what you're doing and then there's also the part of try to collaborate with other artists as well so that you create more opportunities and you might reach other fans that you might have not reached otherwise. Mm. Um, I think to set up yourself for success as an artist, you really need to have <laughs> your hands, is that a, a term to say your hands in many pies? Yes, Is that absolutely. how you say in English? Yes, There you, you go. Know. You yes. really need to be proactive and diversify mm -hmm. because... At the end of the day, you're investing in yourself and in your music, so you need to really try to touch every possibility you get. And I know it's hard to do it on your own, so if you have, if you have the chance to build a small team around you, people who can help you structure your, your plan and your vision, that is always great. If you're involved in music as a hobby, profession or both, sign up for free on the Helvetia Rocked Music Directory. It's a platform for women, non-binary, trans and intersex people in the Swiss music industry. For singers, instrumentalists, bookers, managers, sound engineers, photographers and many more of all levels. It's about visibility. It's about community. It's about empowerment. We invite all of you to participate in this project. For further information, go to musicdirectory.ch. You are the head or, or the, the, the product manager at Norma Music. This is your own company. Can you tell us what Norma Music is? Yes. Um, so basically, Norma Music, we are a service company for independent artists. In a few words, we can say that we act a bit as a label for artists that don't have a label and we provide different types of services from release planning to online marketing, distribution um, and basically we want to help 
independent artists which with whichever area they don't feel confident with and they might need help with so they can pick in a way what service they need so we kind of create a very tailored uh, partnership with them and we decided to do this because we we really love what we were doing in London. I'm, I'm talking about we because it's a company I co-founded with my partner and we both were working in the music industry in London. So um, we kind of wanted to keep doing what we loved back then, but in Switzerland and instead of finding an opportunity somewhere else, maybe at another label or another, I don't know, distribution company, we decided to build something uh, of our own obviously it's still at the very beginning and we have a very long-term vision for it and we hope we can do only that in the future um, but yeah we're really excited about um, how we got started so far I love it and, and what I love about it is that what you said about having a bespoke kind of service so people can contact you like independent artists can contact you and they might not need the full-blown label treatment. They might just need help with one specific thing and you can come in and help them with that. Yeah, exactly. So our main idea, at least for now, is that we didn't want to take any share of sales or any share of copyright from artists. So this is why it's a pay-per-service kind of model right now. Mm. Um, so that whatever um, happens as a consequence of the collaboration with the artist, it stays with the artist. And we are specialized, at least so far, in working with artists that are at the very, very beginning. So either it's artists that decided um, to start a completely new uh, musical project maybe we're in another band before or artists that have never released anything and it's their first EP or their first real proper campaign and we we kind of guide them through the process let's say mm. that's so wonderful to have because I know that for some artists it's quite a isolating experience uh, especially if you're not in a band or anything like that if you if it's just by yourself you don't really have um, much uh, time or much feedback from other people. Yes, that's right. So far we worked with on two campaigns and one is still ongoing. And so far what I've noticed is that artists really appreciate having someone to talk to and to, mm. to exchange and brainstorm and ask for opinion because especially at the beginning you're questioning everything. Um, there are so many possibilities out there and mm. so many ways you can plan your release that it can be overwhelming. And uh, it's, in a way, it's good th that the artist focuses on the music, on creative and nice life set and lets maybe the more operational, administrative and uh, strategic side to somebody else so that Absolutely. it takes a lot of brain power, you it know. It does, <laughs> it does. You mentioned about when artists are releasing music what do they need to consider what are some of the things they need to consider when planning a release I always say to start as early as you can because you need to at least that's my advice get all your creative assets ready before you start the campaign before you start saying that you have a new song coming out next week because once the campaign starts you're going to be busy with a lot of other things so Get your creative vision in place before. So already have the single uh, cover and the EP or album cover done. 
already start, if you're planning to make vinyl and CD, already get your quotes in before because, you know, manufacturing times right now are very long. Mm -hmm. And at least like this, having your base uh, already decided, it's gonna, first of all, make your life easier because you're not gonna be able to doubt what you did or change your mind last mm -hmm. minute. And at the same time, you can focus on other aspects like, um, I don't know, social media, content, um, contacting venues and just being active on other fronts, let's say. Should they have like a social media plan? Like yes. how often to update? <laughs> like uh, like is, does it have to be that even that thought out to that extent? Yeah, I'm a bit of a planning maniac <laughs> in the sense <laughs> Love that it. I'm not saying I'm not saying you have to plan every little detail because you never know you might have to change something last minute things happen, but have at least a base there when you know in which week of the month you want to announce that your single is coming out in which week of the month you're gonna release the track in which one the video and so forth mm -hmm. and so that you can prepare yourself on which channels you need to actually update th this information on. Should it be on your website or on your social media? So yeah, have plans for everything if you can. So you, your life will be easier later. What do you love about your job? Um, that it's every day it's different. <laughs> and also the fact that I'm able to work with artists that make completely different music and so there's different needs different um creative visions to come up with different type of messaging and it's just fun that it's always so varied and there's some artists that maybe are more comfortable with social media some that hate it some that are great um I don't know, at music production, some that maybe need more help. So it's nice that um, every artist we work with has different needs and different visions. Also, an aspect that is a bit challenging sometimes, but it's also very rewarding, is that we have a very uh, close relationship with our artists. So sometimes I also feel a bit of a psychologist and you know you have to be you have to have that special way of saying certain things and you have to be careful because at the end of the day uh, the artists are very close to their art and you need to still be able to uh, put their vision forward yeah. despite maybe they might have um, some some you know visions that might not be right for them so it's hard maybe to convince them of something else so it is also a lot of a lot about um being there emotionally <laughs> absolutely oh my god yeah yeah i can totally see that <laughs> you were in london you got a lot of um, your your work experience working in the industry music industry in the uk in london specifically and then you decided to come back home to ticino uh or near ticino and start your own company that is a huge undertaking um what have been some of the challenges first of all of doing something like that first of all i would like to clarify that we are not self-sufficient yet so i still have another job on the side mm -hmm. we're at the beginning we're not financially independent yet i guess the biggest challenge was to get used to how the uh, swiss music industry works because it is quite different from what i've experienced in the uk um, and also maybe the difficulty that I that I saw was the language differences. Mm. Um, 
I would love if everything will be just done in English. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, getting to understand how the German part works in terms of music scene or the French part and their differences between themselves. Um, so, so are you saying that it's not just the language that's different, it's also the way in which uh, people in these various scenes work within the music I, industry I mean, in Switzerland? I, I I can't really say for sure, but I I still see them a bit separate. Mm. Um, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but um, finding, for example, a PR company that does whole Switzerland, it's a bit hard, for example. I see maybe some that focus more on the German part or some focus more on the French part, because at the end of the day, it's true. If you're writing a press release for an artist, you're gonna write it, you have to write it in German and then in French, and maybe mm. not everybody is comfortable with that or has the right connections for that. Um, so to me, the languages, the, the fact that there are so many languages in Switzerland is a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to the music scene and the music industry and for artists as well to, to be presented, to present themselves in the mm. whole country as a whole. That is very interesting. <laughs> Does it limit the growth of an artist, the potential for, for an artist or band to be sort of known throughout Switzerland is that what it is yeah yeah maybe a little bit especially if you're starting at uh, the beginning there's maybe blogs that only uh, write in in German that maybe a potential fan in the French area wouldn't understand mm -hmm. um, so maybe they discover about an artist that only gets interviewed in in, in German because he's from the German part but so maybe you will not have as many fans in another part of Switzerland that doesn't understand German, for example. Yeah, yeah. So what, what do you think a solution could be? Like you did mention like it would be so much easier <laughs> if it was done in English. I mean, yeah. I'm an English speaker. We're on a Swiss <laughs> podcast, but we're doing it in English just so that we could reach everyone. Like that's what, yeah, that was a conscious decision from, from, from the part of uh, Helvetia Rocks that we wanted the podcast to be accessible to people yes. throughout Switzerland. And but, this is great, mm, yeah. Is that something do you think that could be rolled out in terms of operators within the industry or would it be better just to say for example you know say if there's a PR company uh, based in the German speaking part of Switzerland say in Zurich should they mm -hmm. employ somebody who is within their company but they speak fluent French or Italian for example maybe that could be a solution or just maybe also mm, make it okay that we can promote an artist in Switzerland only in English so that not not the fact the fact that maybe a publication receives a press release in english doesn't mean that the artist will be completely scratched just to make mm -hmm. it okay and acceptable to communicate about a release in one language instead of three yeah i guess it it was just a way not to limit possibilities for everybody yeah. maybe just that <laughs> but you know it's not me who has the power to decide this it has to be a, it's a, we all have to agree it has to be a communal decision <laughs> right guys listen right we've decided me and Aline <laughs> we've decided <laughs> no but I, I hear what you're saying I hear what you're saying it, it's, it's such a unique experience I think the, the Swiss market is quite a unique yes. uh, place because of the language and cultures that are just in this uh, in this small country but just so many different uh, languages and cultures to to consider do, yes do, it makes it difficult, it makes it difficult. <laughs> in a way. what do what do 
some of the artists that you've worked with, what do they think? Are they trying to like hit up different parts of Switzerland or are they just like, you know what, I'll, I'll be happy just here? Or are they thinking like even globally, like it's not even just Switzerland they're trying to reach? Um, I mean, the artists uh, we've been working with are very, very small. So it is staying quite local hmm. for now. But I don't scratch the idea of uh, sending a pitch or a press release to a French publication if the artist is from the German part or mm. vice versa. Um, especially now, it's true, it's getting better. And I've seen some music blogs that write in English, so that's good. <laughs> but personally, from a marketer point of view, I, I don't look... Um, where the publication is located i look if it fits the artist and mm -hmm. the music he or she is making yeah yeah and i think that speaks to i think that's a great thing for people to know who might be interested in working with you um to know that you could work with anyone like uh, location wise like you, you yes you, you, i mean the artists we work with are not based in ticino so one is in basel and the other one in um, lausanne so yeah <laughs> we we managed to make it work remotely and we obviously meet uh, at the beginning once at least before we agree to work together mm -hmm. um because you know it's it's also nice and anytime there's like maybe a big show or something we we travel wherever we should travel um around switzerland and we we go see them live um but yeah overall now we can do most of the work remotely and just have a weekly catch-up call to see how things are going how can people reach you and contact you um so through our website which is uh normamusic.ch we have a contact form which is a small questionnaire in a way so we can get to know you a bit better before we get on a call or anything and that's the best way otherwise you can also find us on instagram and facebook you can send us a message there that is brilliant and also i would say because i've been on your instagram Yes. And it's it's amazing. It's really, really good. You've got some really helpful tips for people. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, it hasn't been updated in a while. It's my fault. I mean, I was scrolling but... back. I was going back, girl. I was just like, and that's why I was like, I'm, I can't double tap because it looks like I'm... <laughs> but um, yeah, so especially before we officially started being operational, I decided to start uh, some sort of instagram series where i would touch a topic linked to um the music uh, side of things like the business side of music sorry mm. uh marketing sometimes as well and just dive a bit deeper into this topic it in a way it was it was a way for us to show people um, our knowledge so yeah. what we feel comfortable talking about but at the same time was also giving insights to artists out there that might want to understand a bit more about a certain topic I'm going to move on to the audience question. It's a question from Fraudo, at F-R-A-U-D-D-O. And the question is very short, very simple, but actually it's quite an expansive question when I think about it. <laughs> oh my God. The question is, how do you stand out? So what would be your advice to uh, an artist or, or a band on standing out, maybe just getting attention from people? Um, very simple answer. The first thing I would do is just make really good music. <laughs> so make sure your music um, is, you know, 
well produced, uh, well mixed and mastered, because that's the first thing that mm. it's gonna catch attention. Second, maybe I'd say uh, work a little bit on your image, try to understand what you stand for as an artist. Um, what do you want fans to see in you? What do you want them to relate to you for? And build your character around that. Um, I'm not saying to come up with something that you feel completely disconnected with. It still has to feel natural to you because mm. you're going to be stuck with it probably for a while. Um, and uh, yeah, try to work on your messaging, your, your, your vision and try, try to find the best ways to express that. Right, that is that's quite, that is quite concise. I thought it'd be like this kind of. Like, it could be. I mean, yeah, there could be a lot of answers, but this is the first one that came to my mind. But I love that because it is concise and it's actionable. It's something that people can take away and do like a self audit and go, okay, is my music at the level it should be? And I'm glad, like you, you mentioned, like well mixed and mastered yeah because who wants to listen to music that is not well made in a way you know what mm, i mean mm. it's at the end of the day even the listener needs to be enjoying what he or they listen to and yeah getting music that is well mixed and mastered is very simple but it's very yeah. important why is such an important step and then you went on to say about the image like or, or what you stand for and then presenting that to people yeah because at the end of the day as an artist you're making music to express yourself express your emotions your thoughts your experiences and so whoever listens to your music or sees you even on a picture or looks at your instagram needs to understand right away what is that vision and messaging you're trying to get through mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's not maybe the best word, but you're creating a brand out of yourself in a way. You're trying to put into um, clear visual aspect what you represent, what you, how you feel, mm. what's, what you stand for. So, yeah, the key is, yeah, use this to create these connections with fans. Absolutely. And then, and that's, that's one way of standing out and being a bit different. Like, if you put the time in, to consider those things and whereas somebody else may not have that might give you the edge. Aline thank you so much for joining me here today it was been so wonderful to talk to you and and for you to share your knowledge with us thank you so so much. Thank you as well I hope um, I was helpful and I gave some insights to the listeners and feel free to contact us if you want to discover more about normal music. If you want to join the Helvetia Rocked community or find out more, check out the website, sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. If you'd like to support Helvetia Rocked, you can also become a member or donate. And if you like what you heard today, please share it with your friends. Helvetia Rocked Musicians in Conversation is a concept by Natalia Anderson in collaboration with Helvetia Rocked. It's presented and produced by Natalia Anderson. Music is by Jackie Brucher and The Jackets.